You're listening to Compassion Church Dixon Podcast. Y'all know y'all gonna get the preacher in me today. Because when I hold a microphone, something happens. I start preaching like TDJs. Come on, somebody. What if I told you we're going to continue second installment of an unlocked series heading in a direction of Encounter Sunday, 21 days of prayer, day seven right now. If you haven't got involved in prayer, 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock, come out, be part of the in-person prayer if you want to or or uh, just pray for us and pray for the movement and pray for the church and pray for the community and all of that every day, 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock, just be in a mindset of prayer if you can't make it out, but uh, just good things happening at the church. Can I tell you a couple of other things? Um, man, I don't even know how many this week. Last week, over 80 first-time guests come to our church last week. Over 80. 99 people got up out of their seats. These are not people that just raised their hand. 99 people got up out of their seats. I'm trying to figure out one of those people had to be pregnant to make it 100. Come on. Right? But 99 people got up out of their seats and said, there are literally keys that I have in my life that are unlocking doors that I should not unlock that I'm laying down before Jesus. Revival, transformation, life change is happening in our church, and I am so excited about that. But what if I told you today that as you look around in this very room, that there may be some dead people. Matter of fact, why don't you just look to your right, look to your left, if you don't mind, just real quick. Just look around, look around. Uh, there's, there's one of three things that probably just happened. Either on your right was a dead person, or on your left is a dead person, or the guy or girl swiveling your neck is a dead person. If I told you that, would you actually believe me? I remember a movie, uh, I had to be reminded of this in one of our earlier services because I'm not a heathen, I don't watch these kind of movies. But do you remember this movie called Sixth Sense? And it had the little boy, and what did the little boy say? Yeah, you heathens, what's wrong with y'all? No, I'm just kidding, but I see dead people. He, he's seen dead people, and I think when Jesus walked the earth, Jesus experienced the same thing. I think he saw dead people. And you say, well, you have to prove that in Scripture. I will. Matthew chapter 23, verse 27, here's what he said. He sees, he's actually seen dead people in the church. Here's what he said. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Now, that word hypocrite can hold a very um, heavy hit if you don't watch it. Like, you're a hypocrite. Really what that meant, and you know this if you've heard me preach much, hypocrite was just a stage actor. You're acting one way but you're actually uh, performing in a totally different way with your life. So, woe to you, you scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. And here's what he says. He says, you're like whitewashed tombs. You're alike. You're, you're, you're not, but you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones. Sometimes we can have all of our stuff together, which I'm giving this to you for free because we're fixing to go to Ezekiel chapter 37. Sometimes we can have all of our stuff together and we can look good and we can go through life checking off our little Christian checklist 
and on the inside were full of dead men's bones. My question to you today is this, what if our eyes were open to see what God sees? What if we gained spiritual insight to what is actually not only around us, but within us? How would we see ourselves if we saw what God seen? Because I personally believe that how we see a thing matters. If you go to Ezekiel 36, you see that God was painting a picture of revival and restoration and rejuvenation amongst the children of Israel. That the children of Israel had sinned. They had went down a path that God never called them to go down. And as they did that, they wanted to bake their cake and eat it too. And God allowed them to eat it. He scattered them all across the earth. He punished his people for their sin. But in the mid part of Ezekiel 36 on till you get to Ezekiel 37 verses 1 through 3, you literally see this restoration and what God is going to do to his people. Because the truth of the matter is, it doesn't matter how far you've gone, if you're willing to turn back to God, he will restore you. And he shows Ezekiel this vision, and we find it in Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 3. It says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and sent me down, or set me down, in the midst of the valley. Remember that word. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Can I repeat that real quick? He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. What a great answer. Can these bones live? I, I don't know. You know. Can this marriage be restored? I, no, I'm not sure, God. Only you know because you're going to have to change her heart because I have got nothing to do with the problems that we have in our marriage. <laughs> only you know. I want you to think about this. Ezekiel was the only thing alive in this moment. And when you're the only thing alive surrounded by dead things, do you have faith enough to look at the dead and say, yeah, these bones can live? Here's what you got to understand. This vision came to Ezekiel after 36, right? I just talked about that. After he had prophesied the revival of Israel. Revival's coming. It's great. And God literally announced that Israel would be restored to this blessing. I'm going to bless you. And he's talking about the blessing under the leadership of this king, which was the second king called David. His name was David. Anybody ever heard of King David? Right? I mean, this is good stuff. This is really good stuff. I mean, there's restoration coming. It's awesome. And then he brings him to this pivotal moment, and he shows Ezekiel, the current state of the children of Israel. And because of Israel's current condition, because of their current state, this promise of unification and restoration probably seemed impossible. 
You ever knew that God was saying something to you or wanted to do something in you and you look at your current situation and you go, there's no way that I will ever get to that point. Maybe when I was sitting on that bathroom floor in a house in Crothersville, Missouri, and I was crying out to God, and I just wanted to go to sleep. I didn't care if I woke up or not. If God would have shown me a vision of me standing on a stage preaching to thousands of people, I would have probably said, oh, my gosh, no, there ain't no way he can do that. That's impossible. But there is nothing that God can't do when you put a life in his hands. And I think that there's moments like Ezekiel is happening and we're looking at our current situations and our problems and all the stuff that's going on in our life. And here's what we say. I know what the word says, but. Come on, somebody say but. but. Say it one more time. But. When's the last time you said but in church? Huh? But stink. I'm talking spiritually. What are y'all talking about? I know what the word says, but, Pastor, you don't know my situation. You don't know how long I've been going through the very same thing. You don't understand how they treat me. To my response would be, I get it, and maybe I don't understand, but I, I do personally know there's no buts with God. If God is asking you a question, he is trying to get out of you what is in you. Can these bones live? When you look in the mirror and you look at your personal life or you look in the life of other people that you're praying for, can these bones actually live? That's the question. You know what God was saying? I know what I can do. I know that they could come back to life through my spirit, but do you know that they can come back to life through my spirit? He's always prodding us to take a next step. Why in the heck did the maker of the heavens and the earth look at Ezekiel that day and ask him a crazy question? Can these bones live? Well, duh. You breathe the breath of life. You took dirt off of the ground and created human beings. What the heck are you thinking? Yes, no, no, no. I didn't ask you to remind me of my power. I'm asking you if you believe in my power. I see three significant things that I want to point out from this story. The first thing I want to point out is this, the condition of the bones. The condition of the bones. The bones were very dry. Do y'all remember the, the Bible saying that? They were very dry. They were picked clean by the birds, washed by the rain, right, uh, uh, and, and baked by the sun. I mean, they, they, these, these bones are brittle. These bones are very, very dry. I sense sometimes in the spiritual world, uh, we experience dryness, barrenness. Anybody ever went through a moment like that? Where, you know, when, when you first get on 
fire for Jesus, when, when Jesus really first starts doing something in your life, here's really what happens. I mean, you get on fire to the point where you're excited. People's bumping into you at Walmart. You're witnessing to them. You're talking to them about Jesus. You're telling them about your church. You're telling them about your C group. You're telling them about how you got on a serve team. And, man, I've never been more happy than wipe babies' butts on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Bless God. But then there's things that happen, and before too long, you don't even know when the last time it was that you witnessed to somebody or told somebody about Jesus or when the last time it was that you served or even attended a church and your bones have dried up. So not only do I see very dry bones, but I see also that the bones were on the floor of the valley. The floor of the valley would have represented the very lowest point that those bones could have ever been in. I think not only sometimes do we experience dryness, but in the midst of our dryness, we find ourselves in the very lowest points that we've ever been in spiritually in our life. And here's what I would say. I think that we would experience more mountaintops if we would be a little bit more thankful for the valleys. See, some of you are like, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Well, I do know about that. Because when you can praise God just as much or more in a valley than you can on the mountaintop, that's when things begin to shift and change in your life. That's when God begins to move. That's when God begins to show you favor and mercy and grace in ways that you would have never thought of receiving from the Lord. But not only were they dry, not only were they at the lowest point in the valley, but the bones were scattered. They were scattered, a place where nothing is fitting together, nothing makes sense. Anybody ever been at a place like this? Your life is just scattered. Nothing makes sense. Yeah, all four of you, I got you, we'll pray for you. I'm just kidding. No, no, but it's just my life is in pieces. I, I don't even know if I could pick up all the pieces of my life. The truth is you can't, but God can and when you put your life back into the hands of the potter, he will mold and make you and shape you into something that you never thought imaginable. But you have to put your life in the hands of the potter. You have to believe that the bones that are very dry, the bones that are brittle, the bones that, that are in the lowest point of the valley, the bones here that are scattered can actually come back together. And if you don't watch it, those three areas, it puts us in a place to where we begin to fill voids in our life with things outside of God. Because, man, my life is scattered. Just, just let me get another hit. My life is scattered. I'll get another relationship in another city. My life is scattered, and, and my life is over. It shouldn't matter. And you start filling the voids in your life with sin instead of the sun. Number two, it wasn't just the condition of the bones, it was the commission of the prophet. This is where it gets really good. Ezekiel chapter 37, let me read verses 4 and 5. He says, again, he said to me, prophesy. Anybody ever heard of that word prophesy? Paul said, I, I pray that you all would prophesy, all of you. All of you prophesy. This word prophesy in the Hebrew means to speak by inspiration. So I want you to speak by inspiration. Quit looking in a mirror and saying you're too fat or you're too skinny or you're ugly or, or this or that. Why don't you look in a mirror and begin to speak by inspiration the things of God over your life? 
He says, prophesy, speak by inspiration to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. It's the word of God that will change your life. It's the word of God that will revive you. It's the word of God that will renew you and refresh you and cause you to be who God's created you to be. It's not some preacher spitting and screaming on some stage. It is the word of God. Old dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Let's, let's keep going here. It says, thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I see your situation. But in order for your situation to shift, you have to prophesy to these bones. And you got to tell these bones, oh, dry bones, I want you to hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Now we stop right here a lot. We go, oh, man, thus says the Lord God to these bones. See, but you missed the instruction. The instruction came in one word. Prophesy. Sometimes we hear the word of God and it makes us feel good and we read scriptures like, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live in the name of Jesus. Well, can I get a witness? And it, it tickles us. It makes us feel good and we go, wow, yes, Lord. I, that's it. That's where I'm at. But let's go to verse 7 and 8. First three words, so I prophesied. Hold on. Let's go back to verse 4. You know, I, I'm not going to mess y'all up in the back, but just look. Again, he said to me, prophesy. Verse 7, so I prophesied. Anytime the Lord is telling you to do something, you know what you should do? Exactly what he tells you to do. If the Lord is telling you to do something, you don't have to pray about what the Lord is telling you to do. If the Lord is telling you to prophesy a specific thing over your life, you don't have to go through three prayer meetings and five prayer partners to see if this is the will of God for your life. I was commanded to prophesy, so I prophesied. And that word prophecy, again, prophesied, speak by inspiration as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, listen, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Woo! Come on, now I'm speaking what God's word is saying and as I'm speaking, something is happening. Maybe something is not happening because you're not speaking. You've got to start speaking the things of the Lord over your life. And I love the verbiage here because he says that there's a rattling, there's a noise, there's a coming together. I call it a holy commotion. There's this rattling, there's this holy commotion, there is this, there is this coming together of things that were once scattered. There's this coming together and some newness to these dry bones. The Bible says, and the bone came together bone to bone. But in verse 8, it goes on and it says, Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. See, I believe that Ezekiel 37 shows us a process. 
most people get put together. They get up on their feet and they stop. That's it. I have prophesied. Now it looks like things are together. My life is back together. I think I can win the world. I don't know what the percentage is, and I, I, I deal with Hope Center Ministries a lot. But if a guy, I had a, I had a nephew that did this, still doing good right now, but the, the rate on this, the fail rate on this is very high. They'll come into a program and they'll stay for two or three months and they'll look at you in your face and go, oh man, I got it. I got it. I got everything I need now. Or you as a, just a regular church attendee, you'll come in and you'll hear a few good little sermons and it makes your back tickle a little bit, and then you walk out and you go, hey, I don't think I need church anymore. I got it. Hallelujah. And you got your church swag on, and you're standing up on your feet, but the problem is the Word says, I'm glad you got on your feet, but you don't have any breath in them. I'm glad you're getting things put back together in your life. I'm glad there was a holy commotion. But just because there's a commotion doesn't mean that there's a completion. So you're sitting here and you feel like it's okay, but you're still not the complete man. But the truth is you're farther along in the journey than you were. Because two weeks ago, you were a bag of bones, and now you're put back together. Well, God is now going to take you to the next level, which is point number three, the completion of the new man. He wants you to be complete. He don't want you to just feel good. He wants you to have the breath of life living on the inside of you. Let's go on. Ezekiel 37, 9 and 10. Here's what it says. And he said to me, prophesy. Any note takers, what does prophesy mean in the Hebrew right here? Speak by inspiration. I, I want you to be inspired. I want you to speak by inspiration to the breath. Because breath, I see that you see a soldier, but that soldier is worth nothing without the breath. That soldier can't do anything without the spirit of the living God. That soldier can't raise the dead without the spirit of the living God. That soldier can't conquer sin without the spirit of the living God. That soldier, hello, he can't. So now I want you to prophesy to the breath. And say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. Okay, verse 9, prophesied to the breath. Verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me. So there's this stair step. You're on the ground. Your life is scattered, put to part. You prophesy. You get up on your feet. You still have no breath in you. You prophesy again. You go to the next level. Why is it that we're okay at this level and we stay at this level? We're walking. This is Matthew chapter 23, verse 27 right here. That's what this level is. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. For on the outside, you look like whitewashed tombs. You're beautiful. It is amazing. Everybody thinks that you got your whole life together because you post a scripture on Facebook once a week. Come on. 
or you share how you completed a Bible app that took you, I mean, it's a four-week series. It took you two years to do it, but it got completed this year or this week, and because of that, you are a big boy in Jesus. And I'm not against any of that stuff. I do the same things, you know. But just because you post something on Facebook about being a Christian, that doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you showed up to church today, that doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you believe in the infallible Word of God doesn't make you a Christian. You've got to have the breath of life in you. So he comes and he says, prophesy. And the Bible says, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Give God some praise. Oh, man, this is, this is now a three-step process. You are a bag of bones. Now you have come to the point to where you're standing. Now you don't have any breath. You've moved to the other level. You've prophesied. Now you have the breath. Now you're standing up. Now you are like an exceeding great army. Done. Finished. Right? Some of these people have been in some other services. It's usually I, I got this at one service. I'm like, done, finished, right? Yeah. Wrong. Because there's still other levels. Now, I'm, I'm going to end this sermon in a specific way today, but I need your participation. Can you participate with me? If you participate, we'll get out of here at least a minute earlier. <laughs> okay? When I read this scripture again and I come to the part where it says, and stood upon their feet. I want you to rise up and I want you to stand, okay? But I'm gonna read this scripture again, but at that point, I want you to stand up on your feet. You ready? And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. I got chill bumps when you guys are standing. I call what I'm about to talk about the finishing anointing. It's what Jesus had on the cross. He didn't get nailed to the cross and then at the very end go, hey, hey guys, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Can you take me down? I don't want to be sacrificed for the sins of the people. I'm done. I don't want to die. I just want to, I don't want to do this. He didn't do that. He had the finishing anointing. He cried out, it is finished. For some of us, we get to the point to where we're standing as an exceedingly great army, but we don't finish the race. We don't go all the way. Listen to what God says to Ezekiel. Then he said to me, this is the Lord speaking, son of man, these bones, I want you to just think about this congregation right now. These bones are the whole house of Israel. I know that you see them and they're standing up and they're full of the breath of life. They're standing. They're an exceedingly great army. Man, so good. Let me tell you about these people. They say, it's not what the Lord is saying. Sometimes you can be where you're at right now, symbolically standing on your feet, part of an exceedingly great army. They say, 
our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Sometimes you can be standing. You, you know why you stood? You know why you stood? Because someone prophesied to you and said, at this moment, I want you to stand. But just because you stand doesn't mean you stop. We can't stop right here. Our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. We ourselves are cut off. I get that he's standing and she's standing and she's standing and he's standing and they're standing and that little group is standing and some of the Freeman people are standing, but I'm not really standing. I'm standing only because they're standing and I'm part of this army, but I don't really feel like part of the army because I'm being attacked on the backside and I don't know if I can continue to live the life that I, my hope is lost. I have lost hope. And honestly, if I got really real, I may be standing today, but, but my body, Bones are very dry. I don't feel the Lord like everybody else feels the Lord. I don't sense the Spirit the way that everybody else senses the Spirit. I don't know why I don't feel the way that everybody else feels. But I'm standing. Verse 12. Therefore prophesy, speak by inspiration, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, this is so good. Behold, O oh my people, I will open. Say open. You know what that insinuates? That insinuates that something was closed. What used to be locked is now unlocked. I will open, I will open your graves. The very things that the devil threw you in and said, there's no more hope for you. There's, there's no more life for you. This is done with you. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. So if God's called you to do something, if you've been gifted and you utterly failed and messed up, guess what? That call and that gifting is still on your life. And God is saying, I will open, I will unlock your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Come on. Look, 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 look at this. Look at this. I'm going to keep going. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I'm going to bring you out. And you want to know how you're going to know that I'm the Lord? I'm bringing you out. I'm bringing you out. This goes on in verse 13 and 14. They don't have this. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Oh, that's a word for somebody. I will place you in your own land. I'll place you in your own house. I will th Things that people said you'll never be able to have, you will be able to have because my hand is upon you. My hand is upon you. Then, he says, then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Woo. You want to know what? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, and I'm done. Ephesians 5, 14 says this. It says, awake. Say it with me. Say, awake. Say it again. Awake. Awake, you who sleep. I wonder how many sleeping saints we have in the room today. And I'm talking to myself too. I'm not preaching at you. I'm being convicted as I'm preaching myself. I wonder how many people we have sleeping in the spirit. Not focused on the mandate that God has called us to, to go into all the world and be witnesses 
unto his people. Asleep, living our own life. When the Bible says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead. Arise from the dead. You don't have to be a man or a woman full of dead men's bones. Why? Because Christ will give you light. And not only will Christ give you light, but Christ will give you life. And Jesus himself said, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. In other words, an abundant life, an over and above, an above measured life, full of the Spirit, continuous feeling of the Spirit of the living God. But first, you must prophesy. First, you must speak life into your situation. See, we're all waiting on the preacher to do that. No, I'm telling you to do that. You got to speak life over your own self. The reason you feel so dead is because of how you talk to yourself. You got to quit talking to yourself that way. Quit saying that you'll never mount to a hill of beans because everybody else said you'll never mount to a hill of beans. Quit saying you'll always be a drug addict because your mama was a drug addict. Quit saying that you'll never make it in life and be financial secure because your family was never financially secure. Break the mold, break the curse, do what God wants you to do. start using a handheld mic more often hallelujah let me pray with you just real quick seriously let me pray with you here you are standing on your feet an exceedingly great army there you are in your home or driving down the road and you're listening to this sermon and you're going man this is for me I don't know what to do with this here's what you do with this you begin to prophesy to yourself I'm gonna I'm gonna prophesy myself here in a moment over you but when you get home or right there even under the sound of your breath or maybe you just want to lift your voice and start speaking blessing over your life as I'm praying here in a minute that's what needs to happen in this room. I'm tired of a weak army. I'm tired of an army that just wants to come and sit down. Armies march. Armies go. Armies fight. Armies are there until the very end, until they take their last breath. That's the army, the exceedingly great army that God is calling to the forefront today. So, Father, today, right now, I prophesy. I prophesy that the breath of life will come in to every being in this place. God, I prophesy that if there's any bones that are scattered and because of sin and a life of sin, bones have just been scattered all over the place, I prophesy to those bones and I tell those bones to come back together right now in the name of Jesus. I tell that sin you must flee. You have no power in the presence of an almighty God. Father, we declare today as we begin to stand up and we begin to see that our bones are coming back together, our life, it is possible that it comes back together. And we see all of these things we now speak, not only the breath of life, but we speak the unlocking of the blessings of God in our lives, the unlocking of revival, the unlocking of refreshing, the unlocking of a renewal. Come on, some of you, you need renewed today. You need a revival happening on the inside of your heart. I'm not talking about a three-day camp meeting where a preacher comes in, blows in, blows up, blows out. You need God inside of your heart wrecking you and causing you to be something that you never thought you could be. Come on, Jesus, we speak it today 
in your mighty name. We know that you're powerful. We know that you're mighty. And I prophesy to these bones today, and I say live. I prophesy to those closed graves to allow all of the things that have been locked up, all the things that the devil has bound in our life. We have the ball, devil. You don't have the ball. I set them free today in the name of Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to say this, and I'm done. If you're in this room today and you say, man, thank you for speaking that over me, but I want to tell you, I am, I am very bound. I'm that descriptive piece that you laid out at the beginning. My bones are so dry. I don't even know why I come to church today. My life is in shambles. Some of you, I just sense that you have beaten yourself up because of the mistakes you've made. And now, you may not even have a relationship with your children or your parents or other people. And you don't know how all of this stuff is going to come back together. All of the bridges that you've burned There's a bridge maker. His name is Jesus. He bridges the gap. He fills the chasm. He speaks. He's alive. He's powerful. He's in this room. And if you need to call upon him, maybe for the very first time, or maybe you're so far gone. You're so far. You knew Jesus two years ago, and here you are, and you have no relationship with him. You need to get some things right. Slip up your hand right now. Slip up your hand. Slip up your hand. Slip up your hand. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Several people. Yes. Thank you, guys, up there. Say this prayer with me. Everybody in the room, let's say it in support of the decision that's being made. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I confess those sins to you today and I ask you to forgive me of my sins thank you for your faithfulness thank you for being just and thank you for cleansing me from all unrighteousness you have now now removed my sins as far as the east is from the west. Your blood has covered my life and has set me free. Even in this very moment, I am not the person I was when I came into this church. I am a new creation. All things have been made new. Thank you for being my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give God a big hand clap today? Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about Compassion Church Dixon, go to our website, CompassionDixon.Church. If you would like to become a monthly financial partner, go to our website and click Give. Join us on Sundays, in person, or online, and be sure to follow us on social media. Also, be sure to share this episode with someone or online and tag us. Until next time.